championship down in uh Cary, north carolina even though i'm staying uh technically i think it's technically raleigh but it's very close to the intersection of all three of those cities raleigh you shouldn't, and Cary. You, you shouldn't stay in Cary. raleigh is the better choice by far uh my choice was dictated I mean, durham, by, durham, durham would have been the best choice but raleigh well, is much better than Cary. my my choice was dictated by two things one uh the hotel deals near the airport were much better than the deals anywhere else um and so i've got a deal in which i'm paying like 70 bucks a night for a room with two queen beds and i'm just one person i'm not taking anyone with me uh so how obviously many, how, many, how many nights are you staying there uh, three nights four days three nights so you're just gonna alter you're just gonna alternate one bed one bed one bed one bed well, I guess the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to set my stuff down and then I'm going to kick my shoes off and then I'm going to get in one bed and jump back and forth like a small child. Um, yeah, because that sure. is what you do when you get to that a hotel room and have two beds. Um, uh, and then I guess I'll figure it out from there whether I'm going to alternate or not. Um, For me, I'm always a, if I have two beds in a room I'm staying in by myself, I'm always sleep in the bed closest to the window i don't know why but furthest away from the door closest to the window is where i uh, where, that is makes where sense I, go. To me. I think i've done that um except uh during a spring break trip in which um me and three friends were splitting one room uh with two beds it was just the package deal it was the cheapest way to get there and we were cheap broke college students um and the first night we were there uh, my one friend, uh, the smallest of our group of four, thus we all drank the same amount, but because he is smaller than us, um, he was having a tough night. Uh, and by that, I mean, he was throwing up everywhere. And uh, I did not think of this when we entered the room. And as soon as the door opened, uh, my two other friends said, call the far bed, call the far bed. And uh, our other friend was like, I guess I'm in the near bed. And I was like, I guess I'm uh, so going to sleep on the floor because I don't want you oh, so you, me in the night. You didn't call the barf bed. Uh, n- well, I could have slept in the barf bed, but I slept on the floor instead. And then the next morning, they all woke up feeling tremendous. Uh, this we had our flight left at like five a.m. because of a snafu with Expedia. Uh, screw those guys forever. I'm never ever going to forgive them. Um, but yeah, uh, so they all woke up after like six to seven hours of drunk hangover sleep. And they were like, I feel like a new human being. I feel great. And they were so celebrating, but I slept on the floor and I felt like someone had come in and beaten me with a bat during the night. And that's how my spring break got started. Jason, you need to make the barf friend sleep in the tub. He flopped onto the bed. It was a, he is a, uh, you are a strong man. He's also the smallest of you. Scoop. He already had some barf. There was already a barf situation. I didn't really want to touch him. Um, the situation was out of my hands. Uh, the, the moment I had to do this was as soon as I opened the door, I should have called dibs on the bed. And, and I missed it in a split second. That's my fault. Um, but yeah, uh, boo Expedia. Anyway, uh, I'm hoping that nothing like that happens when I'm in North Carolina. You'll have um, two beds and nobody to share them with. Two beds yep. that I can jump back and forth between. Um and uh, also, I'm going to be eating Bojangles, Waffle House, and Cookout. Um, Jason, before we move on to the food, though, 
which I'm sure we're going to, um, I want you to promise me that you're going to set up your phone to take a video of you jumping back and forth over the gap between the two beds. I mean, I probably forget uh, if I'm being perfectly honest. Even if I promised you that, I would probably forget to do it. Can you can you try? I can try. I can give okay. it my best attempt. That's uh, really all I can ask. Yes, this is... Uh, I will be getting there in... 16 days so i have 16 days for this to pop back into my brain when i need to remember it so we'll see i will make my best effort though because i do think the idea of jumping back and forth in those beds as an adult is incredibly stupid and that's what makes it good um when you're a child it's like oh that's charming and fun of course a child would do this it's a great time adults shouldn't be entertained by jumping on a bed uh this thrill should long be long gone uh and yet here you are 16 days out like looking forward to it (laughs) And I want to see a video of it. <laughs> ben, I know you have. I know you have restaurants. No, no. Let's 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 keep it okay. going. Hey, we- hey! Welcome in. This is Filibuster, the Black and Red United and Adults Jumping on Beds podcast. I am Adam Taylor. They are Jason Anderson and Ben Bromley. We're all from BlackandRedUnited.com. We talk about DC United, and tonight we are answering your questions. Um, full disclosure: We are recording this immediately after ending uh the episode from earlier this week so we are all drinking essentially the same things as we were if you want to know what we were drinking go back and listen to it then so we're gonna we're gonna dispense with what are you drinking i know traditionalists among our listeners will be a gog and aghast at that Get used to change <laughs> i'm ben- not drinking the same thing I'm not either. <laughs> You'll just have to imagine what it is. You won't know. Ben, the youngest among us, is also the curmudgeonliest. And you know what? Screw it. Ben, what are you drinking? I'm still <laughs> drinking a Mark. You'll never know. Reposado. A man of mystery. Uh, I'm drinking a polar grapefruit seltzer because I just had a fairly substantial amount of bourbon and it's Tuesday. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's, it's, it's Wednesday. Not, it's not Tuesday. It's Wednesday, Lemon. Oh yeah, that's right. We did do this on Wednesday, didn't we? Yeah, we because of Ben's car. We were going. Yeah, we were going to do whatever. It's a day where Be- Rebecca. <laughs> it's a day where you drink one substantial drink, not several substantial drinks. Yes. Regardless, it is Wednesday because Rebecca Vardy sabotaged Ben's wife's car. All right, let's go. Allegedly, six hundred dollars. It's Twitter box. It's Twitter box. That means we're answering your questions. Um, we we got a lot of similar questions because there are some things that are on people's minds. One of those things is Flow Sports. Uh, DC United announced last week that they uh, ended the agreement with Flow Sports, which was supposed to be for f- three years, four years, three uh, years. I potentially, think it was. Yeah, I know. I think it was four. Um, yeah. Potentially up to $12 million being paid to DC United for those streaming rights, uh, exclusive in-market rights for streaming or TV. They just happen to all go to streaming because Flow Sports is like that. Uh, so we we got some questions about where DC United is going to be next year. And, and this one from Atonal Tensor on Twitter who, who asks us at Filibuster DCU, why do you think they couldn't wait one more game to announce the cancellation of the Flow FC deal? it would have been better optics to finish out the regular season to which I have to disagree on the last part, because I don't know if any news was more celebrated in 2019 
by DC United fans than the cancellation of this contract. This was fantastic optics. Uh, a little drowned out by the bad result against Cincinnati, but uh, putting the game on for free on DC United's website meant that many more people in the market uh, around the DMV had access to this game. And it meant that this albatross that had been around the, the organization's neck was, was gone. Uh, I, I think mm, dispensing with it during the off season would have been good, but it's sooner the better. It's kind of like the, the best time to get out of the flow deal was before you got into it. The second best time is right now. And they, they chose the second best time and got out of it. I got to say, I think they chose to get out of it at this time as a sort of statement, or at least that's how I'm taking it, because no one has, the, the team doesn't want to have more They didn't to comment on any and, stories. No, it's, it, they released their statement. That's the, that's their comment on the situation. Uh, I think you don't leave a deal like this during the season, uh, unless you were trying to make a statement to everyone about how dissatisfied you are. Cause this is like, if you go to a restaurant and you order some food, this is like getting up and leaving uh, while the food's still on the table and saying, like, this is such a disgrace uh, that I am leaving. I'm ending our commercial transaction while it's going, while the thing is ongoing. I'm, I'm it's making out. a show of walking out of the theater. Yeah. Um, I think that's why they did it. That's, that's just my own take based on the optics. So I, I think it's, it's a multifaceted thing. I think a lot of it was that flow FC was not, uh, fulfilling what they said they were going to. I, I pulled up the archived version of the press release because uh, DC United has taken down all of the uh, Flow FC things from their website. Uh, but what they announced in January was that Flow FC was going to, it was uh, in addition to being the home for live stream matches, Flow FC will feature original DC United programming and exclusive content highlighted by behind the scenes access, preseason training coverage, and more. And none of that happened. Uh, Flow FC uh, barely provided the minimum viable product uh, as was well documented at the beginning of the year by me a lot on Twitter, but by a lot of other people too, like the streaming service didn't work for a lot of people in the beginning of the year. And then once they fixed that, fixed that and made it the uh, minimum viable product, all it was, was a pre a, a pregame show and the game. And it had nothing to do with everything else that was promised. Uh, there were uh, there was five a, minute interviews between Dave Johnson and Ben Olson. Occasionally, uh, okay, that was, was it. That, that was the that, only. That was the only was behind the, the scenes Lucho, footage. Lucho took the microphone briefly to help interview Fred Briant, um, which ended up being like the high point, I think, of the the Flow era. I think the single the, final, the single best thing Flo interview did. game that they did. The single best yeah. thing they did was the the little like fourteen minute documentary about Big Rob. Yes, that was good. I think that that's, was good. It's a thing that you can't really criticize at all. No, no, it was it was well done. In it, it meant flying people out to Portland to talk to Rob, and I don't know if they had anything to do with flying him here, um, but if they did, kudos to them. But uh, on the overall, they provided very little behind the scenes or or any bumper programming. There was no coaches show which dc united has been trying to get for years from the last three television partners they've had they've tried to get a coaches show and have like gotten promises for it and it's just never happened um that said dc united if you want one of us to host a coaches show 
we can sit down and talk with Benny about that. You know where to find us. Yeah, we're, we're easy to find. Um, at filibuster DCU, filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Uh, we, we will host the coaches show. It'll be great. Um, but flow FC didn't come through with that. I'm, I'm curious whether there was some financial default by flow that led to this, whether there was a payment that was due and they didn't, make I, will, it. I will, I will say nothing concrete. Cause I know nothing, but yeah, that's I, my wondering. That's my it, speculation. It would not surprise me, but I know nothing and I'm making no allegations of anything. Yeah. So I, at this point, we're left to wonder why. But the fact is that Flow FC is done. DC United has media rights to to put out on the market again. Uh, the word is that MLS is telling teams not to sign anything. I forget if it's bef- that that go into 2022 or that goes past 2022, because I think they want a league wide streaming solution for in and out of market games. And I feel like that's uh, also that, an old, like, not to discount what you're saying, but I feel like that's, I feel like I haven't heard a lot about that in the past, like, six months. I feel like that's, like, yeah, a that's, year old that's, It's thing. several months old, but that doesn't make it no, less sure. true. I mean, there's no reason, there's no updates for it. It's just, that's the the most recent thing. It just happens to be several months old. I feel like a lot but of big... DC United could sign a, a two-year, three-year deal under that still, Uh that that could involve TV, actual, honest to God TV, like they used to have, and also streaming in market. I know NBC Sports Washington, formerly CSN, formerly Hometown Sports, they have uh, a streaming app now, which could put them back on the table. Um, I don't know. I, we we did have a question on where do we expect or want to see DC United on. TV or streaming next year. Do you guys have any thoughts on that at this point? Uh, I don't have a preferred outlet. I have preferences for what that outlet does. Um, and those preferences are keep the announcing crew. I actually, I, I, I wish that I had been able to watch that last game with the, the, I wanted to see the experience of the Dave Johnson, Devin McTavish booth, and then uh, Joanna Loman, uh, doing analyst stuff and uh, Claudia Pagan on the sidelines. I would like to have seen that in action. Um, but yeah, um, the main thing for me, and this shouldn't be a difficult request, but over the years it has been show all the games. DC United has 34 games in the regular season. If national TV picks up 10, you have to pick up 24 games. You have to broadcast them. It should not be a problem you should not stop because the uh, unfortunately named local football team has a uh, training session uh, in August uh, or the Wizards have a game or whatever. Show every single game, no exceptions, no excuses. You have If you're going to be the broadcast partner, you have to do this or you are not doing the job. End of discussion for me. I want Spanish language. Um uh... I, that, I don't, you know what that that's also that's just as important, quite frankly. Like I, I I came to the conclusion after probably too many years living in DC to be making this conclusion that if you're an English speak, speaker and you only speak English, the two languages that are most important to learn in DC are Spanish and American Sign Language. Um, and there are other languages that are very helpful in DC because you can learn Amharic because there's a huge Ethiopian population. Mandarin is, is big because there still is a large Chinese population. There are many languages that are very helpful for 
integrating you into DC's very diverse community. But Spanish and ASL are are the biggest ones uh, in in my experience here. And to not have a Spanish language TV broadcast, to not be putting out more content in Spanish uh, for by DC United, it's just it, it's a, a missed opportunity. It's not being as inclusive as they should be. Um, so so getting e- even if DC United is on um, Univision in DC and the primary feed is in Spanish and you have to hit the SAP button to get English, or even if English is only available for some of the games, that's fine. Just get the damn game in Spanish because it's a huge opportunity for the team that they've just been completely ignoring for a long damn time. Yeah, I would say uh, my, my thought is is similar to y'all. It's, it's getting the team to the biggest audience and if that is something like putting them on uh, Univision in DC, if it's putting them on ESPN Plus, if it's putting them on YouTube TV, if they determine that as somehow the the biggest reach in the potential soccer watching audience in the DC area, that all of that is great. It's they need to be highlighting the the. People who want who might want to watch soccer but aren't currently going to games and getting those people to watch. So, yeah, I want I I would love the games to be on over the air. Like I, I I'm not denigrating Univision as an outlet. I think that would be a, a fantastic opportunity. LAFC puts their English language feed on YouTube TV and has an over the air partner in Spanish, and that seems like a pretty good model to go with honestly um i would love to have easy access for free to dave johnson but uh if, if that's not in the cards it's not in the cards um either way flow sports is dead uh, long live whoever's next uh the next question and you knew this was coming is about ben olsen we had lots of questions about ben olsen and his current role with the club and uh, I'm choosing this one for uh, the the diplomatic phrasing of it, which not every question about Ben Olsen is diplomatically phrased. I'll put it that way. Um, this is from DC Josh, who is uh, at Josh Redshaw on Twitter. He asks us at filibuster DCU, is it time to promote Olsen to a front office role and hire a new coach? Um, he says he doesn't want to see Benny leave the organization, but he feels like we need a more cohesive offensive identity to compete for trophies. Is there another way to throw some new ideas into the coaching staff? Um, I like the way he put that because Ben Olson's contract has been reported uh, stipulates that if he is relieved of his head coaching duties, there will be a role for him in the organization in another context. Um, saying it's a promotion is, is a very diplomatic way to put it. Um, we we were asked this question earlier in the year. What would it take to to fire Ben Olsen if you're DC United? And I think I had said something like not getting a home game in the playoffs and then losing in the first round. I think if he goes on, gets to the conference final, his job is probably safe. If he gets to MLS Cup, it's even more probably safe. And if he wins it, you can't fire him because he just won MLS Cup. Um, and he shouldn't be fired if he wins MLS Cup. I think that's not controversial for 95% of people. But if DC United doesn't get out of the first round, having ended the season the way they did, 
even with the the scoreless streak and or the shutout streak and all that. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think you can't uh, you can't separate Ben Olson from Dave Casper. If you're going to get one, rid of one, you got to get you. They are in, inextricably linked at this point. I think you've got to, if you want to make a change at one of those positions, you've got to make a change at both of those positions. And so, if you think you need to get rid of Ben Olson, you've got to get rid of Dave Casper and just start fresh with an entirely new uh, soccer side of the business. Um, and I think if they lose against Toronto, I think it's, I, th- I think it might be time. It, like Ben Olson has been there almost a decade. Dave Casper has been there, uh, 15 plus years. Uh, it, it may be, uh, ca- it, it may be seen as change for change sakes, but it's been a long time. And if, they don't get past the the first round again this time. I think it might be time for that change. I mean, I think Olson's kind of in a weird in between uh, state where the last two years DC has gotten to the fifty point barrier. I know it doesn't feel like twenty nineteen was a fifty point team, uh, but they got to fifty points. Um, be it you know not by uh, the, the on the last day doing it in the least glamorous fashion they possibly could. Um, but they have gotten to 50 points in the last two years. Um, it's awfully tough for an MLS team to fire a coach when they get 50 points, um, two years running. Um, on the other hand, we are starting to run into a ceiling. It seems like of where this team can go. Um, the, the fact that this year started with so much promise and things went awry mid season and it took a long time to get right and getting right meant sort of going back to some old, uh, stylistic things that maybe none of us are particularly enamored with. Um, so, uh, as always with these things, it's, or not always, but you know, every once in a while, there's a coach that obviously deserves to go, but, um, this is one of those where you can make a strong case to retain him, um, just as you can make a strong case to let him go. Um, I really don't want to be the kind of person that is putting this on one result, you know, and that's kind of the, the way of the world in MLS. Like there's the, like, did you make the playoffs? Yes or no. And it ignores, it's like a context free way of reading teams, but it is kind of a, a you know, a, a yardstick that is used around the league. Um, and then in this case, this is a like, okay, we're a team that should have been in the playoffs. Did you do anything when you were there? But the format now is you get one game. Um, and so I, I think anytime you're using one game to judge whether you're letting a coach go or not is a bad idea. On the other hand, we're kind of running into like, can this, is this team ever going to win anything if they can't go, if they can't win those, that one, two, three games. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm still grappling with it because I think there are some things he did this year that showed a lot of growth. Um, the formation change at a time when the team wasn't working, playing a uh, back three or a back five. Um, it, it got some results for a little while there. Um, that's a thing that in the past would not have happened. So that's some growth from some extent. Um, on the other hand, I look at the roster and I say, unlike in years past where we could say the team is struggling because of the roster. 
Um, it's really nothing more complicated than that. This year, I look at the roster and say, I don't think this was the roster's fault. Um, there are some injuries, uh, you know, but you should be able to work around like Joseph Mora is a great player that I really rate highly. But if you lose Joseph Mora and things kind of fall apart for like two months, that's not great. And it shouldn't be um, a thing that, yes, the roster construction kind of left a hole behind him uh, that uh, was never really adequately addressed. Um, But at the same time, you've got to be able to figure out like you can't have a roster that falls apart because one guy is missing unless that one guy is your you. We spent six million dollars on this guy. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think they at least, at least need to consider it if this it becomes a one game and done playoff run. Um, but at the same time, like, are you really letting someone go over one result on the road? That seems like, that seems like the kind of thing that like, but it's not one result on the road. It's, it's every result. Oh, it's every playoff failure. Yeah. But by, by the same no, but, but yeah, at this point, if you're making your decision, with all that context, if your decision comes down to the result of this game, then yeah. you're making the decision based on one result. Yeah. Even if the context you can is use informed that context by and say he won in Toronto and um, you could make the case, you could still make that case. If they get to the conference final and go out, you'd still have essentially the same record as a coach overall. Um, I, I've, point, I've been that, on record. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I've been on record as saying that if you, have come to the point where you say, if we lose this next game, the coach is out. You should just pull the trigger regardless of what happens because you've, you've lost your confidence in the coach. And so if, if that's where Jason Levian is at this point, then he should pull the trigger at at the end of the year, regardless, unless Ben Olsen wins MLS cup. Um, I don't think you can pull the trigger right now. If you, if you've decided that unless we win MLS cup that, or, or get to the conference final or whatever threshold it is. But I, like, like Jason said, there there's a strong argument for both ways. Ben Olsen has developed as a coach in his time, which it would be impossible not to, but this year we saw some new wrinkles, especially after hearing at the beginning of the year, how dedicated they were to a back four, seeing him say, no, we need to, play around with a back three, a back five, because that's where the roster is. And that's the best chance to, to win games. Seeing him make those adjustments is a positive sign. And I, I, it's something that he does deserve some credit for that said expectations matter. Expectations were very high this year. And I think Benny would hopefully be the first to say that he didn't, the team didn't meet those expectations this year. Um, for for x y and z reasons it didn't happen um and that's on that that's his responsibility is to meet those expectations so i i I can see both sides just like you mentioned jason i i guess the one thing i will say definitively is that if you have a simple argument on this topic you're wrong yes (laughs) if your argument is like a one sentence thought on this this topic then you've probably gotten it wrong because I don't think he's as bad as people think. I don't think he's as good uh, as what, you know, the, the quiet defenders of him will have you go with. Um, he is somewhere in the middle. We're in a gray area. It's complicated. There are things he does that are good. There are things he does that are bad. If you are just yelling fire Olsen uh, or Olsen in, um, you have oversimplified this thing by way too much. Um, 
and you're either not engaging with it or your engagement process needs some work because uh, this is a tricky one. Regardless of uh, what does happen, hopefully he does remain a part of the organization because he he bleeds black and red. Uh, it probably more than any of us speaking or listening to this podcast. Um, he loves this club and he should remain a part of it in some capacity. I don't know what that is, but it, if it he wants to, or if he wants yeah. to walk away, right. then he yeah, I mean, walk no, away. I, yeah. I, I am not advocating for uh, forced labor <laughs> of, of Ben Olson. Uh, if he chooses to walk away, that's obviously his choice, but if uh, he wants to stay a part of it, he, the, the team should bend over backwards to make sure that happens. I, I do wonder what the position would be um, at that point. Um, because he's, you know, he's been a coach and a player. Um, yeah, if he's an ambassador, if he's in the academy, well, what does an ambassador do? Cause like, that's one of those like fake jobs that, that teams yeah. give to people that they want to keep around, but they don't actually do anything. Yeah. Um, and you know, I hate to say it, but like Wayne Rooney being an ambassador for DC United, I've been told that that's what the plan is, but I've also been told that there's no concrete, um, you know, list of like, this is what we actually want you yeah. to do. It's also it's like going to be, it's, I've been told that it's going to be worked out in the off season, but I also, when he's an employee of a new, of a new club, but, but like any MLS team that has done things like this um, and not just MLS. I mean, you look worldwide, there are club ambassadors who are famous ex players who just sort of, you know, show up at events effectively um, in MLS. No one, no one is more, are, oh, are we going with Frankie Haydock? Yes. Yeah. Yes, Fra- we Frankie are. Frankie Haydock is the most, the, the archetype of the MLS club ambassador. Um, but most of them don't hang out to the extent or with the vigor that Frankie Haydock uh, hangs out at crew games. Um, most of the time you find fans asking like, so what is the club ambassador doing exactly? And no one has a good answer for you. Um, so if it became something like, well, let's give him a club ambassador role. Um, that's basically like saying, let's just, you know, give him some money for existing. Um, yeah, I'd rather see him get involved with the academy in some respect, or or something with the 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 front office, um, learning other aspects of the soccer business. Something, whatever he wants to do, basically. Um, but as Ben said, like if if he doesn't want it, you know, he doesn't want it. But I think because he he is so married to this organization. Uh, he probably will want to stay involved. I mean, I, I, he signed the contract that included I this. He, I don't know seems, if he fought like for it or if it was just offered. It seems like he's occasionally seemed in interviews like if he's not the coach, it almost seems like he wants to be out of it completely. But that's just me psychoanalyzing from uh, from a nothing position. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess next, there is oh. the, I, one thing I will add is that DC United needs to expand in general. Um, the, yes. the apparatus, uh, off field, um, obviously we're not going to, we're not talking about him taking like a position doing social media, um, for, for the website. Um, but you know, they do need to expand and if they find a role that he would excel at, um, that doesn't currently exist, they should consider things like that too. It shouldn't, we shouldn't think of this as just, um, oh, he'll either be, um, you know, the new technical director or general manager, or he just won't be there. There, there are other possibilities that you have to be a little creative with that maybe, um, could be something, but, you know, I guess the, the main thing for me is if you do 
promote uh, him into a front office gig, like make it something where he's actually doing something. Um, Cause then you, yeah, at least then he's like actively involved. Like don't make it a thing where he just sort of shows up from time to time and that's it. I had way too many questions written down for this because we've gone <laughs> long on these. Well, that was the big one, right? Yeah, that's those, like a those complicated two were question. the big ones. Yeah, um, so we're gonna. I, I don't know if I'll call this a full fledged lightning round, but uh, we're, we we are going no, to move do, on. No, do it. How about do it? All right, do Commit it. Commit to it. All right, we're doing it. Lightning round. Uh, one word, maybe one sentence, but try to keep it to one word. Uh, this next question comes from Ben Cartwright, or sorry, Brendan Cartwright. Uh, Brendonica on Twitter asks us if Rose Lavelle vouches for Skyline, isn't that a pretty clear indicator that you should reevaluate your options? No. No, it's not. I love Rose Lavelle, but no. To be clear, only one of us came out against Skyline Chili. And I'm the one who's answering it. She's from Cincinnati. She's a homer. Ben Um, came out very strongly in favor. Yeah, Skyline's great. Rose Lavelle's on my side, so in this hypothetical, (laughs) there's no empirical evidence that she is pro or anti-Skyline, but... No, no, no. She said she said repeatedly she is pro oh. Skyline. She's told me to my face that she is pro yes. Skyline. Oh, okay. Um, so Adam's just wrong. Never mind. No, Adam's it, just wrong. From Cincinnati. She's she's not it, a neutral. It was no, but the whole thing well, I don't want to get into a into an this anthropological is no longer discussion. Round, this is well, a yeah, you, round. you brought it into an anthropological discussion. It's, skyline round. Where people are from <laughs> has nothing to do with uh the the truth of their of their matters. It, like it, it if you confirms, grew up with no, it confirms you have it. an no, emotional it, connection to it and it means that's correct. That you're, and that's correct. Just and I don't have that, that, and that makes skyline chili garbage to me. Right, and you you are emotionally connected to I don't know what uh, 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 terrible sandwiches, what uh, steamed sand uh, steamed nope. ham sandwiches. What does <laughs> no. South End Indiana have? I think Hold it's on. steamed steam hams. Steamed you- hams are a Utica thing, guys. Come on, <laughs> pork tenderloin sandwiches. Is yes, what we that have. fried pork tenderloin. It's delicious. They are right. much you're larger as, than the bun. Emotion- it's hilarious. I recognize that it's not rational. As you are, as we yes, are, too. I'm not claiming that is a, a new and objectively good food. I'm saying it is something that I enjoy because it's where I'm from. Uh, right. You are you no, you are no. saying skyline is good. It is normative. Um, if you want to, let's just, move on. Back to the light. I, I just want to share. You're, the you're telling quote. me what I think, and you're wrong. <laughs> Rose Lavelle. I asked Rose Lavelle before the World Cup what the one thing she had to eat before she left for France was because she'd be doing a month of very intense focus and um, meal planning and all that. And she said, skyline. And I said, are you going to have time to get back and, and find a way to do it? And she said, oh, I got to make time. And it was very, it was very serious. Uh, she was dead set on getting some skyline before she went to the world cup and then she won the world cup. So, you know, that's a kind of a point to Ben, I think. Next question comes from Rich on Twitter, uh, and, and this is mostly because I promised that abacus-related questions would be answered on the show. No um, one asked a biohazard question, by the way, listeners. Nope. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Adam. Uh, Rich asks us, can an abacus be used to calculate the frustration level of the fans with not being able to secure a home playoff game while up two men with over half a game left? He didn't mention that it was against the worst team in MLS. Um, I, I guess if you wanted to use an abacus to measure that, it would be how many abacus abacai you, you could throw and how far you could throw them. But I don't think you can use little beads on an abacus to measure the frustration because it was pretty high, pretty high level frustration. 
I think you can measure it by based on how crushed your abacus is. Yes. Next question comes from uh, at hippie, not hipster on, on Twitter, whose name right now is more like Wayne Humi. Am I right? Um, who asks us with FC Mitchell and seemingly remembering that Bill is a rostered player this past weekend. Uh, they, they applauded on Twitter. FC Michelin uh, applauded Bill Hamid and his uh, great saves. Uh, what do you think are the chances DC New- DC United bring him back? Obviously his play has been phenomenal and it's certainly increased his price tag. Uh, the question we'll get to after this. Um, I, this is, this scares me because Bill Hamid's very important to the team. And I was happier with Michelin thinking that, you know, just forgetting he exists. Yeah, but they were never going to do that. They were always going to look at his uh, the the balance of his season, and uh, I had my hopes. Damn it, unreasonable <laughs> yeah, as they may have been, they were always going to look at the balance of his season. And this is one of the reasons why they bought him. They were the, uh, one of the reasons or signed him. They didn't buy him. Uh, uh, they hoped that he might uh, play a part for the team themselves, but it was also an investment and. Uh, so far, it looks like the investment part has played out well because he's played well for DC United, and either DC United is going to pay a larger transfer fee uh, this this winter than they were going to have to before, or maybe another team will, or maybe he'll be able to go back and challenge Michelin's starter, who is in his uh, mid thirty five and yep. playing so out of his mind. So he's uh, 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 older than me, but younger than rest the rest of the uh, filibuster hosts. So he's the uh, same age as me. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know when whether his birthday's before or after mine, but we are both currently thirty five. <laughs> I will not be defamed on my own podcast. Thank you very much. Okay, I'll, I'll edit your complaints out. Um, <laughs> 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 but I mean. From Michelin's point of view, they they've they've done basically like the 4D chess version of this, and DC United has no control over it, and it makes me very sad. But uh, I am trying to mentally prepare myself for a life without Bill Hamid. Just so if I'm if if it happen if it falls that way, at least I will be slightly less disappointed because I want Bill Hamid to be back too because he's so good and I, I I love him so. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough situation they worked themselves into by not signing him back when they had the shot. Well, back when the contract negotiations were going on, um, it made sense to a certain extent because they're wondering about. We know he's had knee surgery and he's essentially got um, most of the cartilage in his knee has been removed, um, and thus there might be the injury concern. Um, and I'm sure that factored into some of their. Uh, you know, calculations on how much to actually offer him. Um, the downside of that, if, if you get those calculations wrong, which they have this year, cause he's been the best goalkeeper in MLS this year uh, is that he might sign with somebody else. And then that somebody else might say, Hey, uh, look like while he was playing for you guys on loan, that things went awesome. So uh, our price is now up here instead of down where it was. Um, mm-hmm. I think, Ultimately, if I'm DC United, I'm probably going to take care of that one first because you've got, 
you know, with Bale, it's more than just the player you're getting. Obviously, a great player, but you're also getting more than anyone else on the roster, someone that cares deeply about DC United, um, that has that attachment, that has those roots uh, in in the area and um, with the team specifically. So um, that I think is it. It is you know, it's not always a factor, but it is a factor in this case. Um, so I think they will probably go through with that, but it's going to complicate. Uh, their attempts to then uh, secure Lucas Rodriguez. Um, I think it the Hamid situation almost precludes keeping Leo Hara. Um, but I think DC United ultimately, they got a taste of a, a world in which Bill Hamid is not their goalkeeper and it did not go very well. And I think that's going to inform uh, keeping him around. The follow-up question is, uh, do you think he gets voted goalkeeper of the year? He should, but he won't. Uh, I think he should. I think there's a pocket of um, national MLS pundits who have decided on Matt Turner based on some expected goals data. Matt Turner only played 20 games this year, and I think there are a lot of people who are going to vote that are going to see that total and say he is not even eligible to be voted for. That's barely half the games. Um, yeah, Bill Hamid has been second on every ballot that I've seen publicly posted so far. And I, I think it'll also, I think even though it's wrong and we know it's wrong, I think the fact that uh, uh, Greg Berhalter hasn't called him in will also factor into enough people's minds that he won't win MLS goalkeeper of the year, even though in theory they have nothing to do with each other. But I think in enough people's mindsets who haven't watched all of DC United's games, it'll make enough difference that he won't win, even though he should. Uh, I think there is a a chance that he's going to win because I think that um, – a lot of folks that have posted their ballots are the kind of people that watch every game, but that's, that's a minority of the, that's a small minority of the voting base yeah. um, from media, the media side. And a lot mm-hmm. of folks, like when people do the media voting, I don't think people understand the turnaround on these things uh, from week to week and month to month is always extremely short to the point that um, uh, the league gave us the opportunity to vote. Uh, but the turnaround time on it after the finale was so short that I did not have time. So I did not turn in a ballot for the league's official uh, media ballot. Um, and I think that lack of turnaround time often encourages people who maybe haven't seen as many games that cover their local team and they focus on that. Um, they usually then turn to the stats page. Uh, and if you turn to the stats page or the standings and say, okay, which goalkeeper gave up the fewest goals? Uh, D- the only team that gave up fewer goals than DC United in MLS this year is LAFC. and no one really talked about Tyler Miller that well. And when they did talk about him, it was that, Oh, Tyler Miller had a gaff. Um, the back half of the season was mostly highlighted by average play, the occasional gaff. Um, whereas the only thing positive people are talking about DC United with is the fact that they don't concede any goals. And in a lot of cases, people are going to say the team that doesn't concede very many goals must have the best goalkeeper. Therefore I'm giving it to their goalkeeper. Um, so I think there's a chance that there's a, a large Hamid contingent out there that just hasn't said anything because they don't talk about their ballots. Um, I hope. But yeah, for me, Turner didn't play enough games. 20 games is not enough in a 34 game season. Um, it's not just a big enough percentage. Also, I think the expected goals case for him is less good than it sounds because it also means that he's giving their defense as a whole is giving up too many high leverage chances. And that comes down to organization, which is part of his job. Um, and I think DC is a much more organized team than the Revs in part because of Bill Hamid. 
um, because of the work he does vocally. And that is part of a goalkeeper's job. So um, when SB Nation uh, does their voting, which I actually have the thing open right now and I'm chipping away at it. um, Yeah, he's on the top of my list. He was the best goalkeeper in MLS. I think it was fairly obvious. Um, um, The Matt Turner expected goals case is not compelling, in my opinion. Hey, Adam, are we still on the lightning round? Uh, I, I, should we try again? All right. Starting now. All right. Right now. And I'm sorry, Donald. Uh, next question is from Donald wine. The second, our good friend, occasional guest host on the show contributor at black and red united.com managing editor, co-managing editor of stars and stripes. FC says, guys, I have a good question for you on Friday. Will any of you guys make an appearance at Audi field? That would make my day. I'm going to be out of town with my family. This he, he's referring, of course, to the U.S. men's national teams, uh, Concacaf Nations League opener against Cuba down on Buzzard Point this uh, Friday night, um, which may be the day this episode is released. Uh, I will not be there Friday. No, it will not be this. Uh, oh no, this episode might be released on Friday. I, I take that back. <laughs> ha! Could be. Could not be. Victor, I should end the show right now. But I'm no, not. I, you guys should answer. I won't be there. Uh, I will be there. I'm going to cover the game from the press box. Uh, and as Donald already knows, I've already asked him where they're doing their pregame. Um, I might be meeting with my dad, but if not, I will almost certainly be wandering into their pregame and having uh, a non-alcoholic beverage because when you're in the press box, you're not supposed to be loaded. It's true. They do frown on that. Uh, my no question for 70s. you, Jason. Mike, yeah. My question for you, Jason, will you be wearing those new shoes? No, uh, they need a couple of days to be worn in. And also I think there's a, a small chance of rain. So that no way. Terrifying and, there's damage. and there's a larger chance of beer in the press box. Well, no, if I'm going uh, no, to just in the air, oh, at the pregame, pre-game then, yeah, uh, to meet up with true. Donald, then yeah, no way I'm going to risk it on the spillage is, is too, yeah. too high a risk. Absolutely not. Uh, last question, because we've gone even longer than I thought we would. Uh, around, starting I, now. I've cut questions from this. <laughs> this comes from uh, Blasian says, Soul Train, uh, Rick the Blasian, good friend of ours, contributor to Black and Red United. He writes our fantasy column every week. He asks, I say with a large sigh, if Adam had a goat, what would he name it? I will let you guys answer first. It's an interesting question. It's a um, lightning round question. Remember that. Boilermaker. Uh, Boilermaker the goat. First answer. Because <laughs> um, because Adam, you you and Anne Louise have named your children uh, somewhat unconventionally, not you know bizarrely, but there's not too many children with those names running around that I, I encounter. This was a lightning round. It's a difficult You've met question, Jason. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I think, uh, well, first of all, if Adam had a goat, he would be reluctant to have the goat. Uh, but he'd <laughs> so he'd name, it ja- he'd, he'd name it Jason or Ben, probably Ben. You might be, you might be onto something there. He might name it after us um, as, as, a, as a, it would be a swipe, but also we would welcome it. Um, right. It would backfire completely, um, <laughs> right, which is exactly. the way this bit has always gone. Um, so I think, ben, I think Ben That's has the best fitting. answer. Yeah, Ben nailed it. Uh, I can't do better than that. The question is, would it be Benjamin Jason the Goat or Jason Benjamin the Goat? It would be the full Benjamin, by the way. Yes, it would. In in that situation. I think Benjamin Jason. 
Yeah, that sounds right to me. Benjamin right. Jason the goat. What I had thought was actually naming the goat El Diablo or Jaime or somebody, name it after somebody who's yeah, reasonably like called the goat. If I have to live with this goat, I'm you're, going to name it something I like. Yeah, I'm not going to be burn reluctant. myself. We can hear your reluctance in having the goat. <laughs> yes, but if the goat has to be here, he may as well, or she, have, uh, maybe, maybe her name is La Diabla. I don't know. Jaime is a name that works both ways. Uh, but one of those probably is where I would actually go. Um, but only after you've had the discussion about the concept of naming it after us and yes. then it backfiring on you. Yes. Would, would it be a situation where you named the goat Benjamin Jason and then we had fun about it uh, rather than being upset with it? And then you said, I'm changing the goat's name. No, because I know I we've done this podcast for long enough and I know you guys well enough to know that you would enjoy that and I would not fall into that trap. I'm not so yeah. sure. And <laughs> and on that note, that's it for us this week. We will be back next week with a preview of the Toronto game and Lord knows what else we're going to have next week. Uh Thank you for listening. Find us at blackandredunited.com. Support us financially at patreon.com slash filibuster. Hit us on Twitter at filibusterdcu, at blackandredu. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Download, rate, review, subscribe, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Mostly, though, please tell a friend about the show. That's the best way to get the word out. So if you're on the plane to Toronto, if you are uh, at the bar, if you just have a friend over, just mention the podcast. We'd be really grateful for that. And we're really grateful that you listen. So thank you again for Jason and Ben. I'm Adam, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. Adam, you have to get the goat now. I do not have to get the goat now. (laughs) 